Poopy birthday to who? Welcome to this special edition episode of the Around the Console podcast. I am Bob, and it's uh, the 60th anniversary of our favourite TV show today, or whenever you're listening to it. Um, And as such, I thought it was a nice time for celebration and reflection. Um, So what I've done to put this very special episode together, I've asked, well, a good few people uh, from all different walks of life to send me a few answers to some questions I'm asking, but basically a personal reflection of, of why they love this TV show Doctor Who, and I've got some cracking, cracking people on, and I'm I'm just very happy. So the idea is, it gives us all a bit of time to reflect and celebrate, like I say, why we love this TV show, this silly old TV show, Doctor Who. And as I've asked everyone, it's only right that I should go first. So here we go. The questions are coming. Name. Well, my name is Bob. Who are you and what do you do? I don't know why I'm doing the questioning voice like that. Um, me, I am a, well, I do I do podcasts. I love Doctor Who. I'm a musician. I'm a father. I'm, I'm yeah, and I'm a magic player. I'm all sorts of stuff. Um, but yeah, this is about Doctor Who, podcaster. Why do you love Doctor Who? Well, I can't remember not loving um, Doctor Who. It's literally been with me, I think, since birth. Um, I've told the story before, so I won't bore anyone with it, but um, it was something me and my cousin Stephen, he got me into and he's a little bit older than me. And we used to, um, yeah, we used to uh, record uh, record video to video um, of stuff off the telly and things like that, and I'd get all Doctor Who's off him. But it's just something that I, I just um, I just fell in love with it. It's... Um, it's hard to describe. So so it's been sort of like a bit of everything to me. So if I've had a hard time when I particularly when I was younger, I'd watch Doctor Who to escape, and I think I'm not alone in that. Um, it's Yeah, and it's just the way the Doctor is. You know, I just he's a great role model as well. Um, so, you know, it's something that I've definitely tried to put into who I am, you know, try and do the right thing. I think I associate a lot with the Doctor. This may be more in later life that, when the Doctor's scared, he does silly, irrational things like we all do. I just think there's a lot in the Doctor that, that I like to have in me, maybe, at times. Also, that sense of adventure. And also, a doc- the Doctor's a good reminder of, you know, enjoy stuff. Just enjoy, have fun. Um, so the Doctor's just many things um, and has been over the years. Um, so that's the reason why I love it. Um, yeah, it's just it's just been it's been literally it sounds a bit weird, but it's just been my one of my best friends um, for so long. So yeah, hopefully that is something. Um, favorite moments from the show? Well, my f- my favorites are, are different now from when I was younger. But the, the things that stood out to me when I was a kid, there was the um, trial of the time lord. I don't know why this is. You know, this is the the big one, one of the big ones when I was a kid, was the reveal of the Valiard. <laughs> that just, like, threw me, completely threw me. I had this on that video, uh, TARDIS box set. And it just chucked me, um, blew my mind. And the other one was, as well, was the Invasion of Time, when the Sontarans turn up in episode, at the end of episode four. Blew my mind. Um, I think others scream out loud, sort of, favourite moments. And these are, like, random, like, just really standing out in my head. Um, was the the master, the Derek Jacobi master reveal, because I was away on holiday and I got back and I had no idea. So this is why spoilers are shit. 
because um, I didn't get it spot for me and I literally started screaming. I had my headphones on and I, I was screaming and the household was like, you all right, what's wrong with you? Um, so they're kind of like a few favourite moments from the show. And also the release of the movie during the dark times, that glimmer of hope that Doctor Who was going to come back. I went to queue outside HMV in York at 7 o'clock in the morning thinking there's going to be loads of people there. There was only me, and I had to wait until 9 o'clock till it opened. But I got it, I got it home and watched it and watched it and watched it. So, yeah, there's some moments from the show. What personal memories do you have from being a Doctor Who fan? Um I think, like I say, you know, it was something that me and my cousin Stephen had, um, and we'd go. We went to a convention in 1992 in Stockton, and it was amazing. And I was 12ish, and I met uh, John Pertwee, my favourite Doctor Sylvester McCoy, John Levine, um, yeah, John Levine, um, Fraser Hines. We were all there, and it was different back then. You didn't have to pay loads of money to get autographs and meet them and stuff like that. And I was just walking around in awe. I also met Mark Gattis, but I didn't know who he was then. He'd written a virgin uh, novel. <laughs> I was like, yeah, can you sign that? I didn't have a clue who he was, but obviously we definitely know who Mark Gattis is now. Um, yeah, that was just just a brilliant early and personal memory um, for me. And then, yeah, I just think just there's, there's loads of little ones, but that's, yeah, that's my, probably one of my early highlights. I suppose my other personal memory is when I got to do an interview thanks to podcasting with Andrew Cartmel, um, who is, you know, my favourite hero of the show's script editor. And it was just amazing to, to, to have a chat with him. But there's but there's literally loads. Anyway, I'll move on. What has Doctor, give, Doctor Who given you that otherwise you would not have? Um, I, I suppose initially it was um, an escape into this brilliance. Like, I wouldn't think about anything else when I was watching Doctor Who. Um. Yeah, which, yeah, and it sounds a bit, when looking at it with an older mind, it sounds a bit dangerous, but as a child, when you sort of, you know, you're struggling a bit, it was really good. But I mean, as you get older, you use other things to escape. Like, I, you know, for me personally, it was uh, substances or whatever, alcohol, etc. cetera. Um, but, but Doctor Who was always the one that I could, uh, could kind of escape into. Hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. So this is a bit personal. Um, so that you gave me that, that, yeah, and it maybe gave me a little bit of hope. But, but outside of that, Doctor Who has given me a kind of an identity as a bit of a, a geek. Um, but geeks weren't cool for, between 1989 and 2005. Um, but after that, we're, we're cool apparently again now. Um, but, yeah, it's given me knowledge from the science and history, dubious science and history. It's given me a, a sort of a moral compass. It's given me a reminder, like I said before, to have some fun. It's given me um, a lot of friends that I wouldn't have. Um, and I, this is what I love about something. It doesn't have to be Doctor Who, but something that you're very passionate about. Maybe it is a little bit niche or was that you, you find people who also love Doctor Who and it's just immediately you've got a great sort of friendship with them, something to talk about that you both you both love. Um, and I've met loads of people. In fact, all the people that, are, that have contributed to this very special podcast you know, they're all they're all friends um, or people that I know um, who I've had the pleasure to, to chat to. Um, just because I I'm a Doctor Who fan and I do a podcast, um, so that in itself is a uh, is awesome. Um, but yeah, it, it gave me it gave me a little escape as a younger man, and it's given me just given me loads in my life. Um, yeah, so just thank you very much, Doctor Who, and happy birthday. 
Anyway, that's enough of my jibber-jabber. I'm now going to go over to everybody else. Um, so please do enjoy. And again, hoopy birthday. Bring in the puny human. Wait, I'll bite. Move. Get off. Who are you and what do you do? I'm Jim Cameron. I'm one of the hosts of the Crinoid podcast, which is about classic Doctor Who, and also the Mutoid podcast, which is about Blake Seven. I'm also a semi-regular contributor to Strangers in Space, a podcast with a very large remit, but mostly genre sci-fi type stuff. Fascinating, not. Why do you love Doctor Who? Well, I got into it first because it was scary. So I was watching it alongside stuff like the Universal Horror Films, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, all that. Uh, Children of the Stones and the Changes, you know, the scary uh, kids TV stuff. Uh, anything scary was good. And Doctor Who certainly scared me as a kid. So I loved it. If you want to know true fear, you may clean out the lavatorial sump in my chair. <laughs> no, you're right. I knew you would lack the stomach for it. What are your favourite moments from the show? An early favourite moment was the Time Warrior, which I saw on broadcast when I was a wee five-year-old. Uh, I love monsters, spaceships and castles, and the Time Warrior, of course, has all three of them. Uh, my favourite moment of this one is, of course, Lynx taking his, off his helmet at the end of part one. Uh, other favourite moments, uh, well, there's a lot to choose from, but I'll stick to a few moments that I saw on broadcast. Part three of The Dead Assassin, the Doctor's struggle for survival in the weird Matrix. Uh, Leela ripping off Magnus Greel's mask in the Talons of Wing Chiang. And all the Mr. Sin stuff, I was always creeped out by ventriloquist dummies, and that is the creepiest one of the lot. The passing on of the virus in The Invisible Enemy, which was a great gimmick. It was uh, fun wandering around pretending that I'd given someone the virus and then saying, Contact has been made. I'm sure my family loved all that. Other favourite moments? Of course, Adric being blown to Kingdom Come in Earthshock. Uh, that's always a highlight. And what of my appearances on the show? Yeah, they're okay. Cretin. What personal memories do you have from being a Doctor Who fan? Visiting the Doctor Who shop in Wapping in the mid-1980s, taking the train up from Chatham, where I was brung up, with my two Doctor Who friends, Andrew and Brian. Hello, if you're listening. They won't be. Nothing leaves his control room. Oh, that's a shame. Is it? Any more personal memories? Well, it was a weekend in Manchester in April 1996 for the Monopticon, where Philip Segal was interviewed, and we saw a sneak preview of Paul McGann's outfit from the uh, TV movie. In the same month, we had a day out in Devil's End, or Oldbourne in, uh, in Wiltshire, in real life, uh, where John Pertree, Nick Courtney, John Levine, and several others turned up. One of the Pert's final public appearances, I believe. He died the very next month. I had a book signing in 1999 with Tom Baker, the boy who kicked pigs. You had to buy the book in order to meet Tom Baker, but uh, it was worth it. Although meeting him was more fun than reading the book. 
They both sound dreadful. What has Doctor Who given you that you would not have had otherwise? Well, it's given me a lot of fun over the years and uh, a ton of nostalgia and happy memories to look back on. But I suppose mainly it's given me the hobby of podcasting, which was a great way of keeping in touch with my podcasting partner, Martin, when we moved to different parts of the country. How touching. And I've met lots of great like-minded people online and recorded with quite a few of them, including most of the Around the Console crew. Yes, I intend to exterminate that fool Fleming. <laughs> Bit mean. Enough! The interrogation is over. Your responses have been entirely worthless to the Dalek cause. Throw him to the clams! No! Wait, wait oh, I'll bite! Hello, I'm Joe Lidster. I'm a writer. My career started 20 odd years ago with the big Finnish Doctor Who audio. And since then I've written for the websites, the spin-off TV shows, audio dramas, and so on. I've always loved Doctor Who. Uh, the obvious answer, but it's true, is that it's escapism. There was nothing else like it when I was growing up. I loved the A-Team and Dynasty and loads of other stuff, but there really was absolutely nothing else like Terror of the Vervoids on the telly that week. And I think there is an important thing to be said about having a show at that time where the man wasn't trying to bed the woman, which was obviously quite a rare thing. But I think mostly I just loved it because it was scary. Um, the Child of a Time Lord version of the theme tune will always evoke such a deep feeling in me that I'm going to get ready for the best 25 minutes of the week. Casa Fenric, I was 10 or 11 and it just hit every spot. Uh, the cliffhanger where Judson stands up genuinely freaks me out. It's a brilliant um, mix of music and lighting and script and acting all coming together to create something genuinely brilliant. Um, I also think the opening of Remembrance of the Daleks is stunning as well. Uh, and then with the new adventures, which I absolutely adored, uh, seeing the TV movie at the London screening and falling in love with it. Uh, and then Rose just being a stunning piece of television and End of the World getting audiences to fall in love with silly aliens again. Um, but I think my absolute favourite moment is the end of Edge of Destruction where Barbara really lays into the Doctor and then they have this moment of sitting down and talking and becoming friends and then they just head out together arm in arm to see what the next adventure will be and I just think it's the perfect ending for those first three stories. It, it's just gorgeous. I remember my mum working out why one of the Megarians in Terror of the Vervoids died and just being so impressed by it. Uh, she's a big Agatha Christie fan, so she spotted the clue, and I just thought it was amazing. Um, but I think the biggest personal thing for me from Doctor Who has to just be the ridiculous number of friends I've made through it, um, both from my work on uh, Big Finish and in Cardiff, uh, to all the friends I've made at conventions. And we did a convention this year, and I suddenly realised there was people I was just chatting to who I hadn't seen in 10, 11 years, but we were, you know, we're Facebook friends and so on. And just knowing that I've got friends for life uh, is just brilliant. As well as many friends, like I said, um, Doctor Who's given me my career. Uh, I started out on Big Finish Doctor Who audios, then did some of their other ranges, and then ended up writing my first telly, which was an episode of Tortured. And since then I've written episodes of Kids TV pretty much every year. and done so much other stuff and I've got my agent to it and I'm, you know, I'm a full-time writer and I owe all of that to Doctor Who. So yeah, Doctor Who has given me everything. 
Well, hello there, lovely listeners. I'm hoping that most of you will recognize these gorgeous tones. I am, of course, Craig Stimson. Um, what do you know about me? Well, hopefully you know me from Around the Console, uh, which is an amazing, truly fantastic podcast on a great program called Doctor Who that I do. Uh, what do you want to know about me? Well, firstly, I'm a legend in everything double entendre um, and obviously host the podcast Around the Console and used to host as well, along with uh, Mark and Bob and several of us along the time at Proctor Who. My day job, just very quickly, because I feel like I'm giving you a CV, owner and a little bit of a plug, of a great B&B called Dylan's of Whitby, uh, and as well as that, I do some serious exam board stuff. But we are not here to talk about that. We are here to talk about something that is amazing and phenomenal and has been going for a whopping, and I like whopping, 60 years. So... It was really great to kind of spend a little bit of time just reflecting on Doctor Who because, you know, it's become so ingrained in my life that you don't actually stop and think about it. You stop and watch it. You stop and do podcasts on it or read about it. You don't actually stop and think about what does Doctor Who actually mean to you? And that was, I have to say, it was pretty great to stop and do that. In fact, I got quite teary when I was doing it. So it was it was a bit of a hard question. Why do you love Doctor Who? And in all honesty, there is not one simple answer. I think the first thing I kind of came out with is the continuity of it. You know, Doctor Who has been there right throughout my life, as it has probably for many of us. Unless you came along just in 2005, and my advice is get back on the uh, on the Who universe and watch the 800 episodes because they're great. Um, you know, I think back to my childhood, and it is actually my first memory of TV is, is Doctor Who and it was a Dalek actually I've never found the, the clip itself I think I've kind of half made it up but it did it was a, a Tom Baker Sarah Jane so it's got to be kind of Genesis um, so it's always been there right for as a kid kind of playing games pretending to the Doctor having a little made up console in my bedroom God that must have looked so 80s and so bad um, but then you know you think back, that's that's one of the things anything associated hopefully with childhood often brings back positive memories and it does for me so there's that real warmth and nostalgia that's uh, you know kind of associated with it you know the fact that that was the only program I remember my mum and telling my dad and my brother off because he wanted to watch football because he liked manly things and it clashed with Doctor Who and it was kind of like I remember saying. Greg watches Doctor Who. It's the only thing he ever asks for. So there's all these really warm memories coming back with it, or at least memories of childhood. And then even when it disappeared from telly, my love for it never, ever went. In fact, if anything, it became a bit of an upset. Well, it is a bit of an obsession. You know, it was a chasing around the magazines, chasing down any glimmer of hope in the old Gallifrey News in Doctor Who magazine that Doctor Who might be returning. Um, and it seems like that when you realise that something is absent from your life or absent from TV and you're still craving it. That's when you know that you are loving something. And then the great feeling, the pride in 2005, that euphoria when you were talking about, and suddenly you were popular because like people wanted to know about Doctor and they wanted to know about, um, you know, what had gone on in the past with it. So there's a real pride. So that's the first thing I thought about why I love it is, is the nostalgia and the childhood. Um, that, that I, I think other people have said similar things here. 
the basis for the actual episodes and the stories. It is a bonkers show. It really is a show with no limits and no boundaries. It, it can go anywhere, do anything. It can be any genre. One minute you can be watching a really serious episode like Rosa, you know, Demons of the Punjab. And the next thing you can be watching something totally crazy or even a bit strange, like the mind robber or, you know, um, the, the the celestial toy maker. So the actual show's format can just take you anywhere. So for that reason, it always stays fresh. And that's another thing about it. You never know what you're going to get. It's not like when you put an album on by an artist, you know, everyone sounds a little bit similar. They've got a similar vibe to them usually. But with Doctor Who, never know what is going to hit you for the next 25, 45, however long an episode might be at the time. And the obvious one as well, for me, another reason I love it, and, you know, I'm quite an emotional person, really. I, I, I kind of like to be in touch with people and how they feel. And, and that's right there at the heart of Doctor Who for me is the heart and the values and the emotions that it portrays. You know, the whole premise, it's about a traveller and their companionship and their relationships with people they come across. And, and I love that, you know, the doctor has such a great array of friends and companions and those friendships, they're really special. You know, I can name the obvious ones, you know, Sarah Jane, Rose, Ace, but they're all there. The way in which the doctor treats and cares for people right through from his jokey relationship with Ben down through to his slightly patronizing relationship, uh, relationships in his third incarnation. You know, they're great for that. It's about, you know, friendship and supporting people as well, which, you know, is there that kind of, you know, coming across people, supporting uh, those in need champion the good fight it's what doctor who is about it's about challenging inequality channeling injustice and, and again these are these are common things in tv but it it just does it so beautifully and and the doctor you know themselves obviously anti-hero comes to mind your anti-establishment fluidity of character the way the doctor is different in every one of their incarnations i love that you know it reflects us all doesn't it? you know we all have a darker side we all have a lighter side we all have a grumpy side and the doctor brings that out so i i've always loved that what about this there is this thing isn't there, that everyone goes on about with the doctor being asexual which i i think possibly as a kid growing up quite confused maybe or not really realizing at the time that I was gay it's got to have been something you know, I never like I never liked all the 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 normative heterosexual stuff you saw everywhere but in Doctor Who it just wasn't there and then when it came back even then the doctor didn't really respond he might have flirted or played around with a bit of fun and emotion and some kind of you know intense lingering looks but with the exception of River Song and the wife, which I always kind of like to just pretend didn't happen because I find it a bit strange. It, the Doctor doesn't ever really engage. And I loved that. I loved the way that was shown in the 13th Doctor and Yaz, you know, that developing love affair. Who wouldn't get a crush on the Doctor? Any of the Doctors, if you were traveling, well, maybe not Colin Baker was a bit grumpy. Um, but you would, wouldn't you? You would totally just fall in love. But then the Doctor doesn't return that back, which is great. So... Why do I love it? It's been a constant companion, hasn't it, right throughout my life? Absolutely spot on. It's given us some amazing moments right throughout what it's done. And it, that was a hard one to think about because there are so many, but they've got to be two for me. And I, would, I went with classic and new classic episode 
best moment is absolutely in Earthshock when they're, they're in the console room and there's Beryl Reed and there's a doctor and well, and this um, this Tegan and you know the sideman crashes through and he holds a doctor to ransom and he's got Tegan in his arms and and that's when you know the sideman says to him you know I found your weakness because you're human and I can now just use Tegan as my control of you the doctor's like no being having emotions is what makes us better and he gives that beautiful speech about you know enjoying the sunshine at uh, the sunrise and and the flower special moments and that is just beautiful i really try and keep that philosophy at the heart of what i do anyway seeing the joy in the small things um and in the new series i mean there are so many cracking moments in this again but sarah jane's return school reunion oh my god i cried buckets at that uh it was just brilliant that moment when you know he comes around the staff room and there's sarah jane and not only is it sarah jane and we've not seen her for god knows how many years i'm gonna guess 15 but it's random, random guess um, so it's beautiful to see sarah jane in school and then to see her as the doctor and that moment they meet by the tardis and the music comes in and you get that shiver down your spine oh just brilliant 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 you know it's 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 the first time the doctor goes back, isn't it really properly and see someone like that. And they get to talk and they get to reflect and you get the proper depth to the characterization coming through, you know, about you didn't come back. Uh, and then the awkward clash between uh, the, you know, her and Rose, but that wasn't the bit that I loved. It was Sarah Jane's return and seeing Sarah Jane and find out what happened to her. Um, that was brilliant. It gives so many things, doesn't it, Doctor Who, as well, to your personal life, you know. And there are loads of memories um, that I've got to do with Doctor Who. And I think the first one, and again, if you're a regular listener, apologise, because I probably will have said some of these already, is when I was uh, probably 11, I should have worked that bit out beforehand, when I was doing in the scout in the cubs and we were doing a practice for our uh cup show annual show and you know i was missing doctor who anyway which i was not happy about because it probably clashed well, it did clash and then we were doing a practice and someone some random lad who was at a cub happened to say that the doctor was going to be regenerating tonight and i absolutely remember looking at the clock and thinking right doctor will finish at and working out that if I legged it home, all the way home, I would get home in time for the last few minutes. Now, dear listener, I have to tell you, I was a young boy and I was not allowed to walk home on my own because the, the scout hut was quite some way from some, some way from home. But I was reckless and I legged it as fast as my little legs would tell me. And the telling off I got was totally worthwhile because it was a day's one before mobile phones when I could have simply phoned home that had been there collecting me in a few moments and I legged it home and I did I walked in and I watched that regeneration my first ever regeneration and it was well worth it um I also remember in school when I when I was a teacher finding out that Doctor Who was coming on me and a, a friend Richard used to run a um Doctor Who fan club called Behind the Sofa and literally we'd we we were just doing our break duty together on lunch duty and Richard said to me, have you heard the news? And I was like, no, what news? 
last thing in my head was Doctor Who was coming back because it had kind of gone a bit quiet. And he told me in the middle of the corridor, in the middle of our break duty, and I literally just gave that man the biggest hug you can imagine with all these like 11 to 16 year olds walking by thinking what the hell is going on. And they were not tears. I wasn't crying. I would never have done that in school, but there were definitely tears welling up in the eyes. And that was lovely. Um, Other memories. Well, to be honest, I'm surrounded by memories of Doctor Who. Everywhere I look, where I live, there is Doctor Who memorabilia. And it's one of those scenes when you're a Doctor Who fan, people are never, ever sure of what to get you. So, you know, I got uh, my 21st birthday present from Matt was the VHS of Genesis of the Daleks. My 50th birthday present, my friend Jane was a, a cake uh, that she'd had made in the shape of a Tarlick. Every, uh, sorry, of a TARDIS. Every year my mum buys me for Christmas and special birthdays, box sets, Blu-ray sets, figures, uh, you name it. You know, when I was off work for a long time, quite poorly, my form group saved up and bought me a remote controlled Dalek uh, when they'd just come back out, kind of Dalek era, it would have been back in 2005. So all around me, there are loads of memories and they're beautiful memories because they're people that have thought about you and celebrated your love for the show as well. So yeah, that was, that was great to kind of think about what it is those those memories doctor who has for me and they were they were them what's doctor who giving me well i come up with four things here and the first one is a little bit soppy so do apologize it's a community and it's a group of friends that i didn't really have before um and that's bob sucky cliff John, Mark, you know, these are people I've I've got to know and I've known, well, I've known them now, some of them, you know, Bob and Mark, we're talking, well, when Capaldi came on, we did our first one in deep breath. So we're talking a long time, you know, Cliff, our most recent member, it's expanded my life being, knowing those five people has been amazing. So it's given me that friendship. It's given me a wider community as well. People going to, um, community, uh, going to the conventions, things like that, Sci-Fi Scarborough, um, and going to the one in Manchester. But you know, that's what it's given me friends, people I can talk to, people I can share my passions with. It's given me some cracking holidays. I'm sure Matt, my husband, would not appreciate this one in the slightest. But, you know, I've seen some rotten quarries and I've been down some alleys that really badly stink of pee um, because they're just dumped. <laughs> but I've been because, you know what, it was there in Doctor Who. I've walked through some dodgy council estates. I've walked through some beautiful historical settings uh, and beaches, Badwood Bay. So I love a good old sightseeing trip. Uh, so round Wales, round Liverpool, Sheffield still to be done. Uh, London, obviously some great things there. And I think really they're the bit, some of the biggest things Doctor has given me, you know, it's those holidays, that community goes without saying that it's given me hours upon hours upon hours of entertainment and great excitement, love of watching it, covering every emotion going. And also, rather randomly, it's given me some fantastic tattoos. You know, my Dalek tattoo, my Cyberman tattoo, my, my TARDIS tattoo. God, I love it. You know, it's, it's literally covered all areas of my life. And that's really what I'd want to say about Doctor Who on reflection, about why I love it and what memories it's given me and what it's done for my life. Simply this, it has really 
enhanced my life. I love Doctor Who and I love the fact that we're really celebrating its 60th birthday. I hope I've not bored you too much. I'm going to hand you on to whoever is following in this podcast. In the words of Jodie, tag, you're it. G'day, my name's Dwayne Bunny and I am one of the hosts of the Sirens of Audio podcast. Why do I love Doctor Who? I guess there's quite a few reasons, but the one that really sticks out in my mind, particularly when I found myself in my early to middle teenage years stuck in my room watching recordings of the Pertwee era over and over again in my bedroom alone, was the fact that I was bullied at school quite mercilessly, and I never really had any real friends. I had friends who turned on me uh, for for one reason or another. I don't really know why. don't know what the problem was. But to cut a long story short, I didn't spend a lot of time with people. And I think the doctor was someone who I could trust. I felt that he was always there for me. And I could go off on an adventure with him and I felt safe. Whereas in my real life, I didn't really feel safe. Being a lifelong fan, I've got lots and lots of moments that are my favourites, but I guess some of the ones that stick out in my mind are a little bit strange. But the very first memory I have of Doctor Who is Spearhead from Space. And the cliffhangers in that were sensational, particularly the cliffhanger to episode two where Ransom is confronted by the Auton and he has that look of sheer terror on his face. And I I can still recall that's the first time I felt that shiver of fear go down my spine. And I kind of became addicted to that fear. Of course, the shop window dummies coming to life in Spearhead from Space was something that I always remember. For some reason, I always remember the the robot from the Sontaran experiment as well. The Time Warrior is another one that stands out. And I remember watching The Time Warrior after seeing lots and lots of Fourth Doctor, I think, as I was getting a little bit older, because I saw Spearhead from Space when I was really young. still remember those scary bits, but not so much The Doctor. And I remember looking at The Time Warrior and going, who is this guy? Doesn't The Doctor have a long scarf and curly hair? So that was the first story where I recognised that The Doctor could be different, a different person. I've got a lot, a lot of fond memories of the Pertwee era because it was repeated through the early to mid-80s many times. And I recorded a lot of the episodes onto my cassette. I've listened to them over and over, even before we had a video recorder. So I've got lots of fond memories of particularly the Third Doctor era. As far as being a fan goes, I'll never forget the first time I went to a big convention. It was Whovention in 1990, and the guest of honour was Nicholas Courtney. And I remember when I saw him walk into the room, I felt like I was in the presence of royalty. I was quite in awe of everyone at that convention. And not only did Nick Courtney come, but we had Katie Manning as well. And they did a few um, sessions together. And I was just enthralled by that. Later on, when I became more involved in the club, um, one of my favorite memories of Doctor Who fandom would have to be doing the extras for Loose Cannon for The Underwater Menace when they asked me to meet up with Joseph First, the actor who played Professor Zaroff in that story. He had some great stories to tell and it wasn't too long after 
I spoke with him that he passed away. So I felt really privileged to be able to just get a few things down on, on tape from Joseph uh, from that period in his life. I think if it wasn't for Doctor Who, I would not have the level of sanity that I have, and sometimes that's questionable. <laughs> but I think during those really tumultuous childhood years that I had, Doctor Who kept me sane. And as much as my family and parents in particular couldn't understand why I was so obsessed with it, it was that obsession that kept me alive at times, I think, when I was desperately, desperately unhappy in in the real world. I could go off and so much so was I obsessed with Doctor Who that that became my real world. But it helped me get through those years and... I think I'm reasonably balanced now. I've got a very happy family life and um, things are going well. So I think, yeah, Doctor Who gave me that sanity that I may not have had otherwise and just generally helped me get through life. Name, Cliff Shepherd, known as Sheps. Who are you and what do you do? Well, I'm, I'm a podcaster on Around the Console with my mates, Suki, Bob and John, and the fellow Sulfordian, Craig. We all get together and I'm a bit of a natter. It's a cracking job, love it. Don't get paid for it though. Don't know if anyone else does. What else do I do? Well, I have a disco, disco DJ for Salford City Radio, FM. And I'm also just an author. I've got my first book out as well. Who, why do you love Doctor Who? Well. Now this is a question. I'm sure people have answered this in many different ways. I love Doctor Who because it's more than just a TV show. It's a journey through time and space that celebrates the best of humanity. It's about bravery, compassion and the boundless wonders of exploration. The Doctor's adventures transcend more entertainment. They inspire hope, instill courage and remind us that in the face of adversity, there's always room for kindness and understanding. I think Stephen Moffat once put it as he's the best superhero. He's a man with two hats. He hasn't got a lightsaber or anything. He's got a tool to fix things. And his spaceship is not some big roaring stupid size of a planet it's simply a police box to help people what more can you want and not only that and the biggest thing is the best thing that comes out of britain favorite moments from the show wow that's hard from the expansive history of doctor who some of the most cherished moments trace back to the classic era i love the tom baker era Holds special to my heart. I fondly remember the chilling introduction of Genesis of the Daleks. I enjoy the Pyramids of Mars, the Brain of Morbius, I, the iconic scarf, the Jelly Babies, the unmistakable Fourth Doctor remain etched in my mind. What else do I like? For the new stuff, I'd say, and this might be controversial, the Tenth Doctor in the End of Time. Heart run when he when he when he has to go. It's upsetting that if any if that didn't touch anyone's heart, something wrong with you. The eleventh Doctor speech in the Rings of Achaton. And just to remind you, I can't hardly say things correctly. 
the breathtaking revelation of the war doctor in the day of the doctor the emotionally charged farewell scenes of every companion still touchy today even when I watch something of Sarah Jane knowing she's actually gone gone what personal memories do you have from being a Doctor Who fan well a frigging geek for one um, especially coming from Salford in Manchester it's not something you wanted to admit to in the 80s and early 90s oh I like Doctor Who do you thump I don't know why I like Doctor Who in that essence it's, it wasn't given to me from of watching stuff with my dad or my brother or my mum none of them liked it it was something I had to watch myself and therefore made it even more special because it was mine and when you found someone who actually liked it as well just like I have now connected with John, Bob, Sucky and Craig they become friends more than friends fellow Whovians I think that's what they say don't they for the passion of the show it's engaging debates theories and a good laugh what has Doctor Who given you that you would not have otherwise Doctor Who has given me a sense of belonging to a community as I picked it just because it's niche some might say it's like I like Twin Peaks I like David Lynch I also like John Waters there's lots of different reasons you like something but the thing that keeps me going with Doctor Who is it's continual different versions of different theories from, from people you meet what do they like did I like this episode? Did I like that episode? The curiosity, the resemblance, the perspective and inspiring me to embrace uniqueness. Cherish moments and wonder. It's a fantastic show. I hope it lasts again for another 60 years. But who knows then? Maybe we'll have virtual doctors in the palm of our hand so we can watch. Thank you. That's been Sheps. Welcome, Earthlings. I am the voice, asking the questions for the Around the Console podcast. What is your name, who are you, and what do you do? I'm Mark Atkinson, I'm a singer-songwriter, I'm 55 years old, I'm a lifelong Doctor Who fan, and I used to be the host of the Proctor Who podcast. Why do you love Doctor Who? I love everything about Doctor Who, apart from Nightmare in Silver, probably Horns of Nymon, Twin Dilemma, actually there's a few in there, but you know, I love it overall, I have done all my life, obviously. My very first memory of life is the sea devils coming out of the sea in February 1972. Actually, I tell I remember my sister being born in January 1972, but that's so that's my first memory. But it's my second memory, and it's my first television memory. Yeah, I should have said that to begin with, shouldn't I? I love the character of the Doctor. I love the escapism of it all. It always took me away, and the Doctor was always someone that I looked up to, and he was my hero. John Percy was my hero as a kid. You know, my very first memories of John Percy, particularly his last season, I remember most vividly. And I was really sad when he died and changed into Tom Baker. And I was really didn't like Tom Baker for ages. Proper fan, you can tell I was a fan guy. I complained already. It was only a year into me watch. Yeah, but from that moment, it was never quite as good as it used to be until I re-saw him, obviously, in sparkling VHS quality later on. But that's a whole different story. But no, I, I stuck with Doctor Who thick and thin. I've 
bought all the Target novels. I've bought, spent thousands on bloody merchandise, haven't we all? I get the magazine. I still get the magazine. I got the magazine on the very first issue in October, wasn't it, 1979, wasn't it? I got it. I tell you, with me transfers, I was there, and I've bought every single one since, and I've got every single one since as well, behind me, literally, as I speak. But I've always been fascinated with the show. I count the years down to when it came back, I tell you. And it was a long way, wasn't it? And overall, I've loved it on the revival. There's obviously been some episodes that I've not liked as much, but that's the same with the classic series, isn't it? I think overall it's been fantastic. I enjoyed the Russell T. Davis years. I wasn't that keen on Christopher Eccleston, but I really liked David Tennant. I thought he was great. But I was ready for a change, I've got to be honest, by the, by the end of David Tennant. And the end of time is one of my least favourite stories of all time. But anyway, move on, Mark. I loved Matt Smith. I thought Matt Smith was fantastic. And I really overall like Stephen Moffat, although I don't think he ever quite got as good as Blink or on Matt's very first season, which I think still is the best. But saying all that, Day of the Doctor is incredible, isn't it? So, yeah, take me out off to the moth. I wasn't that keen on, on Peter Capaldi to begin with, and it was very unlikely, wasn't it, to begin with? I mellowed to him. And I, as he mellowed in the role, and well, the writers, I think, got more of a grip, didn't they? I made him more like the Doctor of old, and that's what I enjoyed. I ain't been the biggest fan of the Chibnall and Jodie Whittaker era, although I think Chibnall seems comes across really well. I think he's a real, real nice guy. I think by all accounts, but his writing's not my favourite of the showrunners. I thought Jodie did her best really with what she was given in in a lot of ways, and nothing against Jodie. I think she's really lovely person. I love seeing her interviewed. I just don't think Chris Chibnall brought out the best of her. I'd have been really interested to see what Stephen Moffat or Russell T would have done with her. So yeah. Anyway, I've, I've drifted on, haven't I? What was the question? Favourite moments from the show? Well, shall I, how long have you got? Um, I, yeah, I don't know. There's so many moments in there. Gosh, I'm, my mind's going racing now, thinking of everything. I think my my favourite stories, shall I say? Like, oh, I don't know. Is that right? Well, you know, Pinnacle Who for me is Genesis of the Daleks and Remembrance of the Daleks I love and the kids are designing. All the usual suspects, to be honest. You know, I love them all. Um, Inferno is great as well. The Spirit from Space, there's so many. I love uh, The Evasion and, um, yeah, I love this. Yeah, there's a lot of it that I love, obviously. And that's the classic series, obviously, of the new series. My favourite moments. Well, Blink's my favourite episode, I think, still. Human Nature Family of Blood is fantastic and amazing. I don't think it's ever got quite as good as that again. Although I think Vincent the Doctors gets near it. And The Girl Who Waited, I think, is excellent. As I said, Day of the Doctors, great. I even quite like The Crimson Aura. Um, Heaven Sent from the Capaldi era is fantastic. Out of all Jodie's era, I think probably the episode I enjoyed the most was Power of the Doctor, the last one. And I think a lot of that was because of the... How could I not enjoy all them fan-pleasing moments, to be honest? Come on. You know, let's 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 be honest here. You've got to enjoy it, haven't you? So, so yeah. <laughs> I begrudgingly enjoyed it. No, I didn't. You know. But I am looking forward to the new mo- magic moments that Russell T is going to bring on in the future with... David Tennant back and uh, and Catherine Tate not my favourite era I've got to be honest season 4 is probably my least favourite of the new ones you know the new seasons well until season, series 11 to 13 obviously but anyway I'm sure it'd be fantastic and of course really looking forward to shooting in the future I'm looking forward to what he brings to the role and how the show looks and how the, the, the whole show evolves from here as well on a worldwide scale we're going to take over the world it's going to be great what personal memories do you have of being a Doctor Who fan. Well, I remember watching the Sea Devils in black and white at Elm Street Cottage in New York. 
in uh, New Earswick, a place called New Earswick, and I used to live at Elm Street Cottage, and it was the last summer that I spent there, and it was the last time I ever watched something in black and white. Well, I say time, I mean Doctor Who. I saw the repeat of the Sea Devils in the summer of 74. Oh, I loved it. And I thought when it ended and the master gets off, and, you know, I don't mean he gets off, that was a totally different show, but when he you know, runs away or gets away in his hovercraft, I thought at the time, I remember this really clearly, I thought, oh, they've not shown it all. I can't believe they've stopped it there and not shown it all. I thought they hadn't shown the whole episodes, but of course they did. But anyway, the next episode, Robot, was the very first episode I saw in colour because we moved out and we got a new colour TV. It was all amazing, right? High tech. We entered the 70s, I tell you. So, yeah, that was really strong moments for me and, and memories of, of who for me. And I think another one for me, obviously, is going to Longleat in 1983. We went uh, bike racing, me, my dad and my brother went bike racing to Donington Park. And my dad says, uh, yeah, I'll take you on to We can go down at Longleat the day after, I'll take you on to there. So I bought tickets in advance, thank God. And, um, yeah, we drove down to Bath from Donington. Didn't realise how far it was, my dad, I tell you. Anyway, we got to uh, got to Bath, tried to find somewhere to stay because we hadn't booked ahead. Completely everywhere was sold out. There was no room at the inn. We had to sleep in the car. My dad and my brother weren't happy about it at all. But my dad should have thought of it, shouldn't he? But he didn't realize, we didn't realise how many people would be coming to see it. Because, blimey, 35,000 was the people there. I tell you, there was, and I was one of them. But I loved it, running around with my cine camera. I've got some cine film of it that no one's seen. I haven't seen it since I shot it, but I've got it, actually. I need to get it converted, don't I? I've got uh, treasures on there. But yeah, I remember it well. I remember the tent where they're all being interviewed. I remember bumping into John Levine, Sergeant Benton. And him saying, have you been chasing me around with that camera all day? He said to me, I remember that really clearly. So I, I loved it. My dad and my brother were chuntering around all day. They just walked around the rest of Longley House and all that sort of thing, trying to keep himself occupied. And my brother said begrudgingly at the end of the day, he says, never mention Doctor Who to me again. Anyway, I loved it. It's great. Salt sets and stuff. And saw John Pertwee in the flesh. I saw Pat Chatton in the flesh. I saw Peter Davison in the flesh. And lots of them, you know, Tegan, uh, Janet Fielding and Nissa and everyone in Turl or, oh, Mark Strickson, yeah. Anyway, I was there, so that's a big strong memory for me. But, you know, it's funny how Doctor Who puts markers in your life, doesn't it? I mean, as a fan, down the years, you know, you think, oh, well, I remember when that was happening because I was living there. I remember, you know, watching that one with, with Enya, my, that's my daughter. My daughter Enya was born in 2004, so she was, yeah, she, I remember uh, loving, <laughs> she, I didn't force feed her, obviously, she was only one when Christopher Eggleston came on, but obviously we've watched them on DVD since then, but my daughter really loved um, David Tennant, and she absolutely adored Matt Smith and that whole era, she didn't enjoy Peter Capaldi as much and stopped watching a, a season and a half into Peter Capaldi, that was it, she just gave up, so that was sad, that was a sad moment, that's a, not a nice moment to remember, but I remember that, she watched one episode of Jodie Whittaker and that was it, she she hasn't watched any more since. But she's really looking forward to shooting Gatwa. She can't wait. She's really excited about that. So, hey, gonna be watching it with my daughter again. Fantastic! What has Doctor Who given you that you'd not have otherwise? I think it's given me imagination in many ways. I think it's a mind-expanding program. I, I always find it, you know, it makes you question, it makes you think about the universe and the big questions in life. For me, it does. I think any science fiction does, but I don't know, it's given me a total sense of escapism, as I said, there's, there's no other way to describe it really. I love falling into the world of the Doctor, 
and it is a crazy thing really for a 55 year old man to be obsessed with to this extent that I'm sat in my little studio now I'm surrounded with DVDs and Blu-rays and books and comics and even little action figures of the Doctor and you think yeah I've got other stuff as well obviously I've got CDs and stuff and you know all that modern technology guitars and everything like you're meant to have in the studio but I am surrounded by all my Doctor Who stuff and I look at it and think am I bloody crazy what's happening why do I need to read all these books and have all these things and be obsessed about a TV show it is a really strange phenomenon but you know if it feels good then do it that's my uh, attitude hey <laughs> Doctor Who's brought me friends as well throughout the years, even at school, you know, Mark Warby, I remember him being a fellow Doctor Who fan, not seen him since, but anyway, since school, but he was a fellow fan, and he, you know, I made friends through him, I remember watching Pete Davidson's second year in 1983 in my friend's little room, my friend Darren Farmery, his, his mum and dad let them have this little sort of dining room that was separate from obviously where they were for the kids, do you know what I mean, to invite friends around. I remember watching Terminus and, well, all of season 20 around at Faz's, as we call him, Faz. And uh, that's a quite a strong memory of, so, and bonding over Doctor Who there with Faz. I, I don't think he enjoyed it that much, but, you know, at least it was someone to talk to about. And obviously I've valued my friendship that I've got with Bob and Craig and Sucky and John and everyone during the Proctor Who years, you know, that, that was great. And meeting them up at conventions and or even at my gigs, whenever Bob or Craig came to one of my gigs or I'd see him, you know, out and about, we'd be talking about Doctor Who in about three seconds of meeting up, I'm not kidding, for hours. So that's why the idea of the podcast came along, to be honest. I thought, well, these guys can talk about Doctor Who. I can talk about Doctor Who. Hey, we've got a podcast going on. So that's how it came to be. So Doctor Who's definitely given me that. It's given me friendship. It's given me hope in, in many ways, you know. Hope that there's someone going to come and save us, man. <laughs> but yeah, I love Doctor Who. I'm not afraid to say it. I love it. And happy birthday, Doctor Who. I can't wait for the next 60 years. Not that I'll see it all, but you know what I mean? I hope it goes on forever it's an amazing show and um yeah happy 60th good luck for the future I, I can't wait to go on the journey here we go thank you for answering the questions now back to around the console all right bob you needed uh, some questions answering about doctor who here i am to do it for you because that's the kind of friend i am always giving who am i and what do i do my name is John Aitken, and I do podcasts. That's all I do in my entire life. That's not true, but I don't see that anybody really cares, to be brutally honest. Next question. Why do you love Doctor Who? Well, do I love Doctor Who? That is the question. I have kind of been stumbling into the Doctor Who world by uh, dint of having you guys as friends. Uh, and, and yeah, I've, I've grown to love Doctor Who. In my own special way. Not in the way that you guys do. But uh, I am definitely a fan, I can say with assurance. Favourite moments from the show? Uh, there's a, a, a part in the Celestial Toymaker where a man makes an extremely racist comment. That was quite a highlight. But as for the generally the show properly, it's classic who is my original memories. And my first real memory that I can recall, because I don't have a great memory, is Tom Baker's regeneration to Peter Davidson and him lying on the grass and me thinking, that could have been a lot more dramatic. 
What personal memories do you have from being a Doctor Who fan? Uh, see the previous answer, I guess, for that one. What has Doctor Who given you that you'd not have otherwise? A healthy disregard for BBC. Um, and also, um, it's given me the opportunity to join in with quite an interesting fandom. Uh, you guys out there are very eclectic, very welcoming and very understanding that not everybody is a mega Doctor Who fan like you are. And uh, you're still welcome me nonetheless. And so thank you, everybody out there uh, from the old Proctor Who family, from everybody from around the console. Uh, they've all been very nice. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, Bob, take out all the ums and ers. Uh, and jobs are good in. Thanks, guys. Hello, my name's Phil Cannon, and I am a podcaster of nearly 12 years standing for the Who's He podcast, which is my podcast, which I co-host my mate Paul, and uh, I'm also a co-host on the Doctor Who podcast, otherwise known as the DWP, uh, I think for the last three or so, or four years or something like that. Um, so I've been given some questions here to answer um, by Bob. So here we go then. So why do I love Doctor Who? Well, I just don't think there's anything else like it on television. Never has been. Uh, I, I first thing I remember, remember watching on television, full stop, was Doctor Who. And from that moment onwards, I was absolutely hooked by it. Uh, and the first thing I saw was John Pertwee and some giant maggots. So that was uh, that was me hooked at the age of, well, I was between like three and four years old then. So it was uh, a, lo a long, long time, nearly 50 years ago now. So it's, uh, yeah... A long, long time. But I just love it. I mean, what other show changes its lead actor every now and again? Changes its core cast, you know, of sort of, you know, the companions and everything. Has different stories each week. It has different monsters and villains and nothing else does that. And I, th I just think it's an absolute work of genius. Obviously brought on by necessity uh, to begin with, with William Hartnell becoming too ill to, uh, to play the Doctor anymore. So this whole idea of regeneration or renewal as they as they then called it um was absolutely brilliant just to keep the show going it's, and that's what set the template and all these things will happen by accident and i i think you know it's, it's great and i think it's a very 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 british show um in a way i know it's sort of, it was made by or conceived really by a canadian uh but you know it, it's everything about it's very british it's sort of I thought you could say it's almost like ramshackle. It's sort of thrown together under extreme circumstances and tight budgets. And it's ne it's never looked, back in the day, it never looked glossy or high tech or anything. It, it looked like stuff was made out of, you know, balsa wood and polystyrene and bits of rubber and sealing wax and God knows what. But it just works because everybody involved in it takes it seriously. And I think that that's the, that's the magic um, of Doctor Who. And that's why I love it really and and I think the other great thing about Doctor which I love is that it's it's made for everybody it doesn't matter what you know with your young old male female gay straight black white whatever uh it, it's it's fantastic everyone can just get on board with Doctor Who and maybe I suppose you could say there wasn't anything like that in the in the early days and you know you're probably right but you know now you know, it's it's fantastic. Everyone can enjoy it. And I think that's just the amazing thing. I know the same could be said about the shows like that. As I mean, Star Trek has always been uh, sort of fairly inclusive 
of, of that, and it's got a massive fan base. But there's just something very, very unique about Doctor Who, um, and it's very difficult to, to put your finger on it unless you watch it. And I think once you watch it, you're hooked. Uh, so, and as I have been. Now, favourite moments of the show? Well, there's quite a few. Um, as I said, I've been watching it for the last 50 or so years, so <laughs> I've got quite a few. But um, I think some of the things that sort of are right up there for me is Davros's first rant in Genesis of the Daleks when he has Ronson who he believes to be a Thal spy, who is a Thal spy, actually, um, exterminated uh, by the Daleks. And this is sort of like the... In the history of the Daleks, it's the first time you see... Uh, anyone sees them um, exterminating someone. And it's the absolute terror of, of the actor playing Ronson uh, sells it. A little bit over the top, but it's Michael Wisher. Michael Wisher screaming his head off. Uh, to, to kill this man, the absolute sort of megalomania and insanity that he brings to the role uh, is utterly spellbinding. And I don't think anyone's bettered Michael Wisher um, over the years either. I really don't. I think he's absolutely uh, nails it as Davros. And uh, yeah, others have bought their own spin on Davros, but he's original. That's what, uh, that, that, that's it for me. He's, he's absolutely fantastic. Um, I think some other things as well. I mean, coming back to things like the case of Androzani uh, was one of the best bits of television, I thought. Um, it's relentlessly grim. <laughs> but um, And the Doctor's on the back foot all the way through it. But the way the characters are written, the dialogue by Robert Holmes, uh, absolutely amazing. And I really do love that story. And it's probably got one of the best regeneration scenes in it as well, uh, which I think people have compared to A Day in the Life by the Beatles, the way it builds up to the crescendo at the end. So, yeah, that's a really good moment for me. And I think from New Who, I've got to mention something from New Who, I think that the episode Utopia is really, really good as well. Very, very slight story plot-wise, but the whole thing really is just to build up to the reveal of the Master. And I think that scene at the end where Professor Yana opens up the fob watch and the pounding music and everything, uh, it's amazing. I really do love that. And even now, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Uh, so it's, uh, it's right up there for me. Um, so personal memories. Uh, what are my personal memories of Doctor Who? Um, well... I think there's the big thing for me, I think, really, is when I was a, a kid and never having seen anything from William Hartnell or Patrick Troughton, and was sitting down with my dad and and talking about that. He was telling me about Hartnell and the Chumbleys and the Quarks and things like that, things I'd never seen and probably wouldn't see for another, you know, a good few decades afterwards, really, when I started getting the DVDs and the, the Blu-rays and whatever. It's, um, yeah, my dad was always... He'd always be up early of a weekend. You could never get him up for work during the week, but of a weekend, he was always up at the crack at dawn. He, he didn't want to waste a moment of, you know, of his free time. Um, so I used to get up early as well, and that usually a little bit of like father-son time. And, and that's when I had this talking to him about Doctor Who. Um, and he was never a fan. He, he's still not a fan, my dad, of Doctor Who, but it was just a nice little little thing to do. So that's one of my sort of my sort of personal memories of that. And, and one other personal memory is watching an episode of The Deadly Assassin at my nan and granddad's. Uh, now, the reason this sort of sticks in my mind uh, is because before I started watching this, I had scoffed an entire bar of Caramac. 
And I felt a little bit ill after eating that, as um, as you would expect, actually, because Caramac is an extremely, extremely sickly uh, chocolate bar. And then basically, my, uh, before then, my nanogram had a new carpet fitted. So there was I scoffing a whole bar of Caramac, feeling a bit ill afterwards, watching The Deadly Assassin, and I promptly threw up all over my Nan and Grandad's brand new carpet. So, um, now my Nan and Grandad's, they weren't too fussed. I think grandparents are never angry at their grandkids, really. Um, they forgive them a lot of uh, a lot of sins. But my parents were absolutely mortified. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, one of my <laughs> that's one of my abiding personal memories. So, lastly, what has Doctor Who given me that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Well, I think, A, I wouldn't be podcasting if it wasn't for Doctor Who. Um, I think it's, it's, you know, I'm not a massive expert on Doctor Who, but only stretch of the imagination. There's people out there who can remember production codes and quote lines of dialogue at the drop of a hat. I can't do that. I don't have that kind of recall. Um, but I love talking about Doctor Who in my own strange way, uh, my babbling way. And I think through Doctor Who and by definition of sort of that and, and podcasting as well about Doctor Who, I've met loads of other Doctor Who fans that I probably wouldn't have have met because I never used to do the conventions or anything like that, which I've only started doing very, very late in life. So I've been doing Doctor Who conventions and meeting other people um, and then through and I made some amazing friends as well. Uh, you know, through, through this and meeting other fantastic podcasters and, and guests on other people's podcasts and they've been on my podcast so it's like getting another little circle of friends um, it, it's brilliant and and I think really the one thing that I would never have done it hadn't been for podcasting about Doctor Who was actually interviewing people who had made the show um, and I've sort of interviewed uh, sort of like Dominic Glynn Wendy Pabry Michael Pickwood, who was the production designer during Peter Capaldi's era, and talked to him about how he how he sort of cut the ideas to the TARDIS, which I love. I love all the behind the scenes stuff, but I think the the one thing for me, and I've trotted this story out many many times before, but that was interviewing Philip Hinchcliffe. And for those who don't know, Philip Hinchcliffe was the producer of Doctor Who uh, during Tom Baker's first uh, few seasons, and. He goes the golden period of Doctor Who, really. And that's when Doctor Who was at its peak. So I had to sit down face-to-face with him in a room and talk to him for an hour uh, about Doctor Who and his career was, for me, absolutely brilliant. And I'll never forget that. I never will forget that at all. And I think, well, I can... I've been dining out on that story (laughs) for years now, but um, I was just so proud of it. And, you know, I'm just very, very grateful for Doctor Who for... Yeah, it's given me this whole sort of, this other sort of part of my life. And and now my son, Scott, um, is involved in it as well. He's podcasting with me. So it's an amazing thing that we can share together. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So there we are. So um, thanks for uh, thanks for asking me on to answer these questions. Enjoy the 60th anniversary specials, guys, and what's to come in the future. And uh, bye for now. Good day there, audiophiles. How are you going? Let me tell you a little bit about who I am and what I do. My name's Philip. I'm part of the Sirens of Audio. My friend Dwayne and I have been running this weekly podcast for a number of years now. 
we review and discuss audio stories from the realm of Doctor Who and other related worlds. We do lots of interviews with the stars of Doctor Who, like the Doctors Colin Bacon and Sylvester McCoy. We've spoken to companions Maureen O'Brien, Peter Purvis, Katie Manning, John Levine, Louise Jemison, Janet Fielding, Nicola Bryant, Bonnie Langford, Sophie Aldred, and many, many others, as well as writers like Robert Shearman, John Dorney, Jonathan Morris. We spoke to directors like Helen Goldwyn and Gary Russell, Nick Briggs, Ken Bentley, Barnaby Edwards. And then there's all the sound designers, musicians, producers, and much more. It takes many, many people to make an audio story, and we try and chat with as many as we can over as many different skills they have. Why do I love Doctor Who? Well, I discovered it as a child, and it's always been with me. I find it to be creative, clever, funny, and scary. The fact that the tone can change from week to week, like locations. It just keeps entertaining all the time and you never know what's coming. And when each element of the story making is working together, well, the show just sings. And you know what? It gets better with age. So as I go back and watch older shows again and again, I still enjoy them. I still get so much out of them. I have many favorite moments for the show. I guess the first time seeing certain shows in particular stand out to me. The first time I saw The Three Doctors or Genesis of the Daleks, Robots of Death and Talons of Wang Chiang, all were amazing moments. We were pretty lucky in Australia because it was repeated on every night. And so from 6 to 6.30, we had the goodies, and from 6.30 to 7, we had Doctor Who. And so for year after year, the shows just going, kept going over and over, from Spearhead to Space, till the Talons of Wing Chiang, then they'd add the next season in, then the next season in. It just kept going. I remember watching my first new series when they started to show Distant the Dal- Daleks. That was the first time, and then from then on, being able to watch the show, often a year or two after the English did, but being able to watch the show up, up then was great. Another strong memory is when Roger Delgado episodes started being added in. Originally, they were all left out for being too scary. And then the Roger Delgado ones were added and black and white ones. And then we started going back to Patrick Troughton and watching some of those. Another highlight for me was, I I remember watching the very first episode, Rose, um, and I actually got it as a pirated download, and just knowing that this show was going to be sensational and keep lasting forever. I have many personal memories of being a Doctor Who fan. Some of the earliest ones are when we had gatherings and conventions at Sydney Uni. I remember watching episode three of The Crusade, which just blew my mind watching the first Doctor, and also meeting people like Peter Davison, Janet Fielding, uh, and John Pertwee, who all came out. Another really amazing memory when I was in the UK, back in the 1990s, was sharing a bottle of wine with Liz Sladen and just sitting, chatting to the small hours of the morning. Also, I've just been so privileged to have been able to meet and eat and take out all kinds of Doctor Who people like Colin, Sylvester, Janet, Sophie, Katie, Fraser, Deborah Watling, India Fisher. Just being able to go out with these people, Camille Kaduri as well, and just have meals with them, sit, chat, go out, just seeing them and spending time with them has been great. And what has Doctor Who given me that I wouldn't have otherwise? Well, so much joy. Uh, relationships, and a way to spend so, so much money and use up so, so much of my time. Doctor Who is still such a huge part of my life. I think about it, enjoy it, create content about it, 
and I look forward to many, many more years of doing this into the future. Have a happy anniversary, everyone. Hello, my name's Scott Callan, and I'm a podcaster for the Who's podcast and a YouTuber for the Who's podcast, and I have a YouTube channel of my own. Today, I'm going to be answering some questions to do with Doctor Who, and it's basically just a trivia and a bunch of questions that I'm going to be answering today. So, why do you love Doctor Who? Um, I love Doctor Who because it has elements that other sci-fi programs don't, don't, because other sci-fi programs, they usually stick to the same thing, they have the same storyline, you know, they keep the same villains throughout a number of movies, and, you know, I feel like Doctor Who takes risky approaches, and they try new villains out and new monsters in nearly every single story, and, you know, that builds on a big finish to this, so I really do think that I love Doctor Who just because it takes these huge, huge risks, and... It's probably one of the many shows that have come back from being off air for how many years? 15-something years. So it's amazing that Doctor Who is, has come back. Um, it's, it's here now. I wouldn't be making this podcast if it wasn't for Doctor Who. So, you know, I wouldn't be on here if it wasn't for Doctor Who. So that's why I love Doctor Who so much, because he has a great fandom. Um, it introduced regeneration which no other shows have like what other show has a main character that turns into other different people i like how it changes the companions throughout the whole show like they've had what like mm, 30 companions something around there you know it's just a great program and it always has content as well there's so much to watch especially with the new universe that's come out with russell t davis um so my favourite moment from the show is when Ace hits a Dalek with a baseball bat in Remembrance of the Daleks. Then she proceeds to jump out of the window like nothing happens. Um, that That's one of my favourite bits of Doctor Who. If you watch the Who's podcast, you will know that my favourite story is Remembrance of the Daleks. And that's maybe probably why. Also, Ace is my favourite companion. So that probably explains why I've decided to pick that moment. I've also picked William Hartnell, William Hartnell's regeneration into Patrick Troughton because, you know, it's, it's missing and it's crazy that you can find recreations on YouTube and animations on YouTube for it. And I feel like without YouTube, you wouldn't see most Lost Doctor Who episodes because there wouldn't be a media kind of platform to post any of these Doctor Who things on that. Some people might not have access to on any of the things, you know. It could be on net like one day it could be on Netflix or something like that, but you know, it doesn't really it wouldn't really work without YouTube. And that's why Doctor Who is a very big part with YouTube as well. But like without YouTube, they in a way would have no sense of being able to see quite a bit of Doctor Who and the fandom because a lot of Doctor Who fandom is on YouTube. What personal memories do you have from the show? Um, probably Peter Capaldi's regeneration to Jodie Whittaker. It's the only regeneration I've seen, so I remember that so clearly. Also, I do have a lot of memories from Jodie Whittaker's era, as I started watching Doctor Who when I was about four, and then I only remember twice upon a time what of the stories I watched before it, which I don't remember. So anyway, Jodie Whittaker should be like my 
era of Doctor Who, but it she really isn't, you know, if that makes sense. Like, if I could be born in an era, I would be born in, like, the fourth Doctor's era, so I could see the seventh Doctor's era, and that would be what I would like to grow up with, you know. It's, you know... I do like Jodie Whittaker, but I feel she has, she has a lot of backlash for her writing and, you know, she, she's not really my era. If I had to really pick an era, it would probably match me for Peter Capaldi for New Who because I really enjoy C- C- Series 10 and Series 7. So, yeah. What other things has Doctor Who given that other shows don't have? I think it's... The way they show, I think it's the way the show set out. The cast is always great, and it has great composers and music. I mean, the original theme tune is great. No other shows have that. Also, it's a sci-fi program that always, always, always pulls you in to watch the story, and that's what's lovable about Doctor Who. You know, it can't, it never gets old, it never gets boring. You know, it's Doctor Who. You know, it's. Yeah, it's not like any other sci-fi story out there, or program, or whatever you call it. It's not like any others. I mean, it's so unique, and that's why so many people love it. I mean, I think it has a bigger fandom than Star Wars, although I might be incorrect on that one. But if if I'm wrong, I would hope that it has a bigger fandom than Star Wars, because this show's incredible, and, you know... It has so many things that, so like Star Wars and Star Trek and all those other sci-fi programs or stuff that involve sci-fi will never ever have. And, you know, they won't have amazing writers or amazing producers or, you know, so many good writers and stories and classic episodes. You know, they don't have an old who and a new who, do they? I mean, it's Doctor Who's one of those shows that you just... You can't get with anything else. It's always going going to be the sci-fi show that pops into my head when someone tells me, hey, what's your favourite sci-fi show? I'll definitely go Doctor Who because it's the most memorable and it has the most best... And it has, like, stories in it too. And, you know, series. There's, like, there's over 30 seasons of Doctor Who. I mean, it's incredible. I also use it as a comfort piece. Podcasting with my dad and meeting amazing actors from Doctor Who. It's amazing to be doing the Who's podcast and I think it became a great part of my life. Who's podcast and you wouldn't have wouldn't have that without Doctor Who. So enjoy what's what's to come in the Hooniverse this year. Hello, my name's uh, Swicky Cork and I'm a podcaster on Around the Console podcast and on Trek This Out podcast. Now, I've loved Doctor Who for 40-odd years, uh, ever since I was a kid, and I've loved it for the drama, the comedy, action, monsters, virtually everything. And it's just one of these things that I've grown up with and I've enjoyed, and it's come from the Target books initially, and then it went on to the TV show, and I've just been in love with the show ever since I started watching Tom Baker's final season uh, and I've had some favourite moments since then and there's some of these are like uh, the shock of Adric's death that really disturbed me back in the day <laughs> 11-12 years old and he passed away he was killed by the Cybermen 
Um, and then the following year, we had the, the five Doctor's children in the night. And that was great, just seeing all the Doctors together. Um, and I mean, I did. we did have the repeat early on in the year of the three Doctors, which is a delight. But it was, this is a brand new story, something that I hadn't uh, seen before. Five Doctors, just one of these highlights. And that also then brings me on to like personal memories, which is uh, like going to the cinema to watch Day of the Doctor. And this had a whole auditorium full of Doctor Who fans all watching the show, all experiencing the same thing at the same time. Um, especially the uh, when the uh, the curator suddenly appears, and there's just loads of uh, oh shock and um, amusement basically, and uh, it's just uh, a, a nice ex- fun experience. But of course, there's been all the personal memories as well, which is like uh, going to conventions, uh, seeing people, and making friends, and all these people that you, you would never have met. Uh, if it wasn't for your love of who, uh, you end up seeing them again and again. And the, the only thing we have in common is the love of who. And uh, so uh, it's one of these things where uh, Doctor Who's given me uh, these sort of people, uh, friends that I, I, I get to be like-minded with. And the other thing as well, really, is becoming a podcaster. Uh, I mean, I listen to podcasts, but I don't think my interest would have been too much at all, except when I see other people doing these podcasts on think on the show that I love. And I'm thinking, if they could do it, why can't I? And, and it was all thanks to Bob Craig and Mark initially on Proctor Roof for letting me come on. And then I've followed this on with, uh, uh, with the addition of uh, um, Cliff and John uh, for Around the Console. And uh, it's just been fantastic. Just been uh, discussing the show with these uh, these friends that I've made over the years. Uh, I just love it. And uh, so thanks, Bob, for letting me uh, come on to uh, this little uh, memory thing. Uh, and so yeah, cheers, mate. Hello, my name is Toby Haydoke. I'm an actor, writer and comedian. I did a one-man show called Moth Set My Doctor Who Scarf and since then I have been the go-to Z-list anorak uh, for uh, documentary duties and uh, BBC appearances to talk about the ins and outs of Doctor Who. Uh who am I and what do that's about? Who am I and what do I do? Yeah, and uh, elsewhere, I'm you know I do st- stand-up comedy all over the place and a regular gig in Manchester, and I present the Seventh Dimension on Radio Four Extra, and I pop up in programmes uh, on the telly, etc., etc. Uh, what do I love about Doctor Who? Oh well, um, well I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's great. It just speaks to me. I think the fact that it is um, an imaginative adventure, escapism. I think it was very important to me as a kid to have somewhere to escape to, even if only in my imagination. Um, But that crucially has a great sense of fun. And I don't mean snarky, you know, self-mocking fun. I mean, it's got intelligent wit about it uh, and good jokes, a good sense of humour and a zeal and an enthusiasm I think it's quite easy to be cynical. I think Doctor Who, you know, dares you to be something else. It's such a ridiculous premise, 
that takes itself the right kind of seriously whilst also being funny it's i mean it's just alchemy really i think that's why i love it it's a series of things that shouldn't quite work i'm not even a massive fan of science fiction you know i mean i do watch i do watch quite a lot of it, but i'm not i'm not well versed you know i'm not read all of the asimov and harry harrison that i should have done you know but um i like i like british tv i like british old british tv um uh and and it uh and it was an important part of my childhood. And I, I guess a part of me has never grown up. And um, I also love that it has a long and interesting history where you can dig about and find things out and that there are mysteries to solve. So it's all that as well. It's not just the watching of the programme. It's the stuff behind it. Um, Favourite moments from the show? Oh, my goodness. I mean, there are just so many. Uh, I... I'll choose one that no one will choose. There's a lovely scene, and this was actually cut from my book, Running Through Corridors, as well. It really, it really annoyed me because it's uh, it is one of my favourite scenes in the whole of Doctor Who, uh, and it's just a character moment. There's a, there's a character in the massacre called Simon, who's Simon Duval, played by John Tillinger, who spends the whole thing being quite beastly. Uh, and he enjoy, you know, he enjoys the prospect of the massacre, and he's a troublemaker and a stirrer, and he's going to enjoy what is to come when Marshal Tavan, played by Andre Morel, you know, informs him that the order has been given for the massacre of the Huguenots to begin. He is thrilled at the prospect because he's a zealot and a sadist, and he is tasked not with carrying out the massacre but with escorting Henry of Navarre to safety. So he has to be a bodyguard to someone important who they don't, who, who, you know, who would be too dangerous, politically dangerous to kill. So he has to have safe passage. He's an off-screen character as well. He has to have a, a off safe passage. We see this entirely, not through the, the important character, but through the, the, the person who's being charged with conveying him out of the melee. Uh, and, you know, Tavana's chosen Simon to do it, to go, well, everyone's doing all the killing. You, mate, I've got to ensure somebody doesn't get killed. Somebody you hate. Somebody who is the, the religion that you want wiped off the face of the earth. Uh, you need to get him safely out of Paris. That is your job. Your job is to save a life when everybody else is caught up in the bloodlust of killing and it's a tiny victory for humanity. Um, I don't mean the species, I mean the concept. But even within that, it's a dark victory. It is Tavan, who is, you know, no good guy, but at least he is, at least he has a good grace to be sort of shocked and rather grim-faced about the, the oncoming massacre. You know, he, d he doesn't take it lightly. He doesn't necessarily enjoy the prospect. He's, uh, he's pragmatic about it politically from his point of view, but he knows it's, you know, he knows it's not something to be doing cartwheels about. So what he does is to get a... He had a little glimmer of, uh, of revenge against the act, if you like. For, for being such a beastly act. He says to the one person we know will really enjoy it, I'm giving you a different job. And he says you will have to leave the sport to others. So even though they're on the same side, even though they sort of want the same thing, Simon's sin is to relish the idea and he is punished for it. But the only punishment is that he doesn't get to take part in you know, the, the title of the story. Uh, 
so it's a it's a really complex little victory. It's a tiny little moment that's not really important to the story, and in, and it's told through character, and it's very well written, and it's very well acted, and nobody ever talks about it, and I love it. I mean, you know, aside from that, oh, how many brilliant cliffhangers! Pyramids of Mars one. City of Death one cliffhanger is one of my earliest memories. The the cliffhanger to episode one of Earthshock where the Cybermen appeared and I'd never seen the Cybermen before because I was I was born in between episodes two and three, uh, three and four of the Time Warrior. So I was too young to remember Revenge of the Cybermen. So I'd seen books and pictures of the Cybermen, but I'd never seen them in action. And here they were at the end of part one of Earthshock, then the end of part four of Earthshock, which was an extraordinary thing to happen. The death of Adric, the silent credits. Um... Uh, so, yeah, um, the, the scene where Stengos asks Natasha, his daughter, to kill him and starts ranting like a Dalek in Revelation of the Daleks, which I think is is fabulous. Um, oh, and I love, I think one of the greatest scenes in all of Doctor Who is, uh, well, there's a couple. I love that the, they both have music. I love the singing of the old Iron the, old, the, the rugged cross, the old rugged cross, not the old iron cross, goodness me, the, the old rugged cross, because it's so it's so beautiful. It brings all those people in gridlock together. And yet it's also a really smart piece of writing because it it's subtext. It is saying this sort of piece of religious music that is very, very moving and this sense of community that they have is also what's keeping them atrophied, what's it, what is keeping them in stasis, what is stopping them from going forward. So it says a very complicated and interesting thing about religion, about how it is comforting, but also potentially how it is restricting, and that that comfort, that sense of comfort that it gives, actually stops them from questioning uh, the, 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 the sort of stasis, the static world that they have they have found themselves imprisoned in it's very clever uh it's not it's not glib in the way that it is it sort of satirizes religion whilst at the same time pointing out that it does good things too and i think that's clever generous and decent human writing from russell t davis i also love the the scene with the schoolboys weeping before they're about to uh shoot uh, the marauding scarecrow people in uh, Family of Blood with, is it to be a pilgrim playing over it? Or there's a, there's a hymn playing over it, isn't there? And you, that's a scene you could only get in Doctor Who. It's such a clash of things that are strange and weird and potentially barking, but also quite perverse and horrible, but they make for something actually terribly moving. Moving a load of schoolboys about to massacre some bedeviled scarecrows. I mean, no other show could do that than Doctor Who. And I remember seeing that and thinking, you know, this, this, this fits entirely into what Doctor Who is, but I've never seen anything like this in the show. And I love that. Uh, but Doctor Who is full of so many glorious scenes. They're just the ones I picked off the top of my head. Uh, personal memories do you have of being a Doctor Who fan? Oh, mate. I mean, it's my, <laughs> my entire life is memories of being a Doctor Who fan. First Doctor I met was Colin Baker backstage at the Grand Theatre Wolverhampton when he was touring in a play called Corpse with Jack Watling. And he agreed to be interviewed for my fanzine. Reader, I never did a fanzine. Um, but I, 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 harboured, I harboured a desire to do one. Uh, and I couldn't have wished for a better Doctor to meet first. And uh, what a great ambassador for the show he is. 
Terence Dix once said something very kind to me at a Doctor Who convention in Chicago that made me well up a bit because you know his name had been one of the first names I'd ever learned because it was on the on the bookshelves at my at my home. Um, uh, you know, I, I've I've been in, I've been in such a privileged position to. Uh, to uh, take part in documentaries that I've really enjoyed doing. You know, I've been lucky enough to, to, to meet the families of, of, of directors uh, who've, who've died or if I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to meet school children who took part in the first ever documentary of Doctor Who and now all grown up and uh, flabbergasted that people still think and talk about them and that they're, that we're fami- they're familiar to us. Uh, I've met my heroes uh, and also... but but. You know, I, th- I think crucially, I lived through the wilderness years when Doctor Who not only wasn't on, but uh, it got this reputation for being rubbish, which we all knew it wasn't, and it wasn't. Um, but, you know, anything it's the fact that we still watch it that shows up any uh, issues it might ha- have production-wise or anything like that, because there is a desire to see this old stuff. Uh, and, of course, stuff dates. What we're doing now dates, and it's arrogant to think otherwise. Um, but it came back... And when it came back, it was more successful than we could ever possibly have dreamed. And you know what? That makes life taste good. The fact that it seemed... I was so furious throughout the wilderness years. The one thing I liked wasn't, you know, more than anything else in the world. I had this sense of injustice hanging over it. Not only was it not being made, but, uh, you know, it, it had this inaccurate uh, reputation uh, uh, and uh, the discourse about it was was you know sullied by this um un, this untrue suggestion that it was uh, you know actually it ran for 26 years by some sort of cosmic accident and it was always a bit rubbish which of course it wasn't and uh, Russell T Davis resurrected it and uh, and and showed it to be the you know cultural institution that it is uh, and that is such a great success story and the fact that it keeps reinventing itself is just glorious and you know look how exciting it is uh, that we as we are on the cusp of the 60th anniversary that it seems to be starting to live anew uh, with uh, and I don't know what it's going to be like because Russell T. Davis isn't going to do the same as he did before I don't really know Shuti Gatwa as, as an actor I've obviously seen bits since I since I found out who's going to play Doctor Who but he's a fairly blank slate to me and what I see uh, really thrills and excites me but it's, it's again it's the who it's the mystery I don't really know what I'm going to get and they've kept their powder dry in terms of um, you, you know publicity they've they've eked it out very very slowly and cleverly because they're so good at all of this and you know 60 years in I still feel as excited as I was when I opened the pages of Doctor Who Celebration a celebration on Christmas Day 1983 which was I think the beginning of my journey I was I was I was a fan by then but that 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 I think that book made me the man I am today which is the one who you know wants to know all the names of the actors and the behind the scenes stuff and find out all the history and the lore and 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 delve behind what goes on on screen uh, and uh, and it feels good that as I approach 50 and Doctor Who approaches 60 that it still keeps that uh, that little flicker of childhood burning within me. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, And what has Doctor Who given you that you'd not have otherwise? Everything. I mean, I was a a successful enough comedian. I was working. Um, I mean, I was working all the time. Uh, You know, I was was gigging everywhere. I was was doing well. I was closing gigs. I had regular MC slots. But, you know, that was on the circuit... Um, speaking about Doctor Who out loud, 
I think elevated me to, you know, get stuff on the radio and uh, occasionally on TV. And more importantly, it introduced me to the world of Doc Two. I was not a, I was not somebody anybody knew, um, and it, and it and it you know brought me to the attention of the people who make the DVDs and the documentaries. And and I, I mean, I used to I used to dream of doing commentaries. I never thought I'd get the chance because nobody had ever heard, heard of me. And then I was offered one, and I've ended up doing so many. And I always think every every engagement will be the last because uh, you know why, why should why should I be so lucky? And um, uh, and I've, you know, I've managed to do a, 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 a large number of commentaries. I've, I've commentated on, on, you know, so many episodes from so many different doctors with so many different people and make documentaries. And, uh, and so it's, it's given me that. It's led me to be on Newsnight and uh, BBC Breakfast and all those sorts of things. Um, but you know, but yeah, it does. It, it, but 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 you know, it, I mean, I never I never aspired to be a professional Doctor Who fan. I bulk at that that descriptor that I've just given myself. I'm, you know, I'm a I'm an actor and a comedian, and doing acting and doing comedy is, you know, my my livelihood and my my aspiration. But if I can turn my hobby into something that, uh, you know, becomes part of the strange mosaic of my living, I'm a freelancer, you know, you have to, you have to mix it up a bit. Um, and, you know, I get so many opportunities to be, to be part of the, the fabric of the show that I love so much and to have helped uncover some of the facts about its history and to, and to take part in some of the documentaries that have, you know, celebrated its heroes and um and uncovered some of its you know solved some of its mysteries or or just catalogued uh, a great many of the people that that worked on the show uh then you know my 10 year old self i lived in the countryside in the middle of nowhere uh, uh didn't really fit in there and and there wasn't much to do that you know i i had this escape that i dived into solo which was doctor who and the universe of doctor who and facts and figures and people and the fact that i've i've actually managed to enter that universe which i'd always just you know admired from afar the idea that i'd be part of anything living in the countryside in the middle of nowhere uh you know let alone the acting profession and the entertainment profession and the the world of doctor who uh you know dvds and documentaries and all of that would have i mean if i you know if i visited went and visited my 10 year old self now who was quite troubled in a number of ways and said this is what you'll be doing i think he'd have he'd have taken it and that's doctor isn't it teaches you that teaches kids scared little kids lonely little kids misfit oddball little kids that with a sense of humor and a bit of gusto no matter how scary everything is it'll be all right I'll do for me. And there we have it. That was absolutely wonderful. Just amazing uh, to listen to everyone. Uh, everyone's, um, yeah, just personal personal thoughts and memories and celebrating our favourite TV show uh, on its birthday today. Yeah, just awesome. So thank you so much and uh, thank you for listening. And hopefully you've just sat back and um, enjoyed, yeah, just hearing people share why they love this amazing very silly uh, television show so yeah hoopy birthday and goodbye from me bob a 
big thank you to Toby Herduck, Jim Cameron, Joe Lidster, Dwayne Bunny, Cliff Shep Shepherd, Mark Atkinson, John Aitken, Phil Cannon, Scott Cannon, Phil Edney, Sucky Cack, and Craig Stimpson. 